Welcome to the Impactful PBL Podcast. I'm Candice, your host, a project-based learning coach and leader of the Impactful PBL Network. And you can find me at impactfulpbl.com. I'm on a mission to do good work with good people for good reasons, and I hope you are too. If you are a current or aspiring project-based educator looking for strategies and ideas to craft memorable learning experiences that empower your students to tackle challenges in their school and community through project-based learning, then you're in the right place. Join me as I share resources and tips to help you launch a PBL initiative in your classroom. Welcome to the Impact Makers community and let's talk PBL. Hey, Impact Makers, this week we are going to discuss how we could plan a showcase that will help students share their knowledge with an authentic audience. If you're using the Impactful PBL Roadmap, which you should, which is a guide to help educators craft impactful learning experiences that empower your students to tackle challenges in school and their community through project-based learning. And in our roadmap, there is nine phases that I often talk about. So phase one is identifying students' learning goals. Phase two is mapping the scenario and the student's driving question. Phase three is planning student assessments. Phase four is attracting students' attention. Phase five is creating students' daily learning experiences. Phase six is tracking students' progress. Phase seven is finalizing students' showcase agenda. Phase eight is uniting students and building a collaborative culture. And then phase nine, which is to lead students through the reflection process. In this episode, I want to focus on phase seven, which is finalizing students' showcase agenda, meaning we determine how students will share what they learned during the PBL unit with an authentic audience. Their audience could be their peers, parents, community members, etc. It really just depends on your project. But the important thing is to make sure that students' public products are shared with others besides their teachers and classmates. At this stage of the process, you may be excited for students to share their public products, but now it's time to think about in detail what it will actually take to execute a showcase. So you need a plan to prevent overwhelm. So what are the benefits of students sharing their knowledge publicly? Remember that students being able to share their knowledge with an authentic audience is one difference between project-based assessment or doing projects and project-based learning. So before you begin to second guess whether it's necessary for students to share their knowledge publicly, let's review some benefits that students would gain during this process. What would students get out of this process and what could the school or parents get out of this process? Well, when we think about our students, they're able to build oral presentation skills, public speaking skills. It also helps build parent engagement because you can get parents to the school to see what students are learning. It's also a great way to get the community involved because you can invite them to the showcase. Students are able to share what's happening and what they're learning at school. As I mentioned before, this can also be an accountability measure for the student, for the school, for parents and the community. If we continue to offer ways for students to share their knowledge, then we're also being able to celebrate their work. We're able to let them know that their work is valuable and what they're doing means something beyond just a grade. Also, students get to continue to practice their 21st century skills, which will prepare them for life beyond school. So let's quickly review the types of products that students can create. Because remember, there are endless products that students can create. And what I mean by products, I mean how they're sharing their solution. What mode are students using to share their solution? So one of the things I wanna say before we dive into this is that if you are in a remote learning situation and you are stuck on deciding how students will showcase their knowledge publicly, I want you to check out episode 19 of the podcast because in that episode, I share how to brainstorm ideas for a virtual showcase. And I even provided some examples of virtual showcases. But for this episode, I'm going to assume that you have already determined which type of products students will produce and how they will share their knowledge with an authentic audience. 
Now we're just talking about the logistics of the showcase. For example, I led an entrepreneurship summer camp a few years ago for middle school students. I led a version of this summer camp for high school students as well. But for middle school students, in this example, the driving question was, how can we create an environmentally friendly product to meet our peers' personal needs? Students develop financial literacy skills to apply math in real life situations. The goal was for them to understand the main components of planning financially in order to create a business strategy. They use math skills aligned to Common Core State Standards to price products or services and calculate profits. They use their knowledge of the community to identify a product or service in need. And they develop and foster social skills by working in collaborative groups. They demonstrated their knowledge of content by operating their design business as a pop-up shop which served as their showcase. And parents and their peers were invited to the showcase. So some examples of products that those students created was one group created eco-friendly deodorant. Another group created a positive message clothing brand from recycled materials. Another group created personalized notebooks with recycled paper, just to name a few. Once I determined how students would share their knowledge, I began the planning process to ensure that we had a successful showcase. So in this example, students made a usable product and then we organized an event in the community so that we could share this product with peers. So let's talk about once we have an idea of what our showcase will be, we now need to start our planning process. It's always exciting to think about throwing a party and then you realize, wait a second, I actually have to plan this party, right? So in terms of the showcase planning template, you can keep it simple by using tools that you already have to document your planning process. Yes, you can utilize a traditional project management tool such as Trello, Asana, or any other project management tool you've heard of, but you can also just use a spreadsheet. I want to walk you through an example of a Google Sheet that I created to make a timeline of tasks that need to be completed so that we can launch a successful showcase. So let me explain this document. Like I've shared before, you can keep this planning process very simple. So it's simple to create the spreadsheet. You're gonna have two tabs. You're gonna have a timeline tab and a runner show tab. I will explain both in a few minutes, but let's start with our timeline. So if I'm using the example that I just gave you of a project, how could we create an environmental friendly product to meet our peers' personal needs? I told you that the showcase involves students presenting their product or their idea to parents, some community members and peers. So the first thing I'm going to do on my document is I like to put my driving question at the top so I can stay in the frame of mind of the project. And you want to put the showcase date because remember, you're going to create a timeline. So you're going to backwards plan from that date. So let's use the example that you're going to start preparing for your showcase five weeks in advance. So you could create a simple timeline where you have five weeks, four weeks, three weeks, two weeks, one week and week of. And what you want to have in your spreadsheet is you want to have five columns. Your first column is when the date that the action will be taken. You're going to have who, who would do this action. You're going to have what, what's going to happen. Then you want to have updates. Did you start on this action? Is this action in progress or is it already done? And I like to color code this. So typically I have the not started code to a red. I like the completed code to green. And then I like to use in progress code to yellow. You can use whatever color code you want or not at all. But it's just an easy way for me to glance at the document and see how many reds I have, how many yellows I have and how many greens I have. And then I like to have a column of notes. And here is where I'll just put some notes for myself or notes for the person that is completing it or the person themselves that's completing that task can add notes. So I'm gonna give you an example. Let's say that our showcase is happening on July 27th. And my timeline is starting five weeks in advance. So I may say something like by June 10th, that's my win column, who, Don, what, 
She is going to contact four businesses to obtain sponsorship for the ice cream bar. Any updates I'm going to put in progress because Don has started on it. And under the notes section, Don may type reached out to three organizations. One organization will get back to me on Friday. Another organization said they can sponsor the toppings, whatever the notes that Don decides to provide an update to me, the facilitator of this project. I will brain dump all of the tasks that needs to be created for my project. So for this particular project, we wanted to have entrepreneurs come and be guest speakers. So I have when June 17th, by June 17th, who Kendall is going to contact three entrepreneurs to serve as guest speakers. And then we're going to highlight it. Was it not started? Was it completed? Or is it in progress? And again, we're going to record some notes on where we are in that process. It's as simple as that. So the first thing you're going to do is think about your showcase and you're going to brain dump all of the things that need to happen for that showcase. So another task I might have is by June 24th, Kendall is also going to write the volunteer role descriptions for the Sign Up Genius page. Because in this particular showcase, we also had volunteers to help check parents in, to check community members in. So Basically, your showcase will dictate what task needs to be completed. So what I like to do is brain dump and then I go back and I plug them into my timeline. Do I need to do this five weeks out, four weeks out, three weeks out, two weeks out? Typically, if it involves someone else responding back, for example, if I'm looking for someone to, let's say, donate food, maybe you want to have light snacks, or if I'm looking for a guest speaker to come speak, things like that, you want to push as far out as you can, because as you know, you're communicating with people. So you may have to go back and forth a little bit. So you want to create your timeline. After you brain dump all of the tasks necessary to host a successful showcase, it's time to create a run of show. Some people may call it a show flow, but it's basically a sequence of actions that will happen before the event, during the event, and post event. Think of it as a more detailed agenda, but it's for you, not the attendees. Yes, you will list what's happening at each phase of the event like a master document, explaining what's happening behind the scenes from setup to breakdown. Let's explore what's included in a run of show document. So you have the event flow or the agenda. What's happening first, second, third, etc. Who is leading each part of the program? What time should each person expect to be ready? For example, using the Entrepreneurship Project Showcase, students knew the order of presentations, volunteers knew when to set up the ice cream social bar, and greeters knew when and where to seat guests. When thinking about the event flow, it's important to include buffer for transitions or when someone exceeds their allotted time, which will happen. You need to have a plan for that. Then you want to consider what it would take to set up the event and break down the event. Who is involved? For the entrepreneurship showcase, we need to help with moving the tables and chairs, also help with setting up the ice cream bar with all of the toppings and supplies. If you are hosting a virtual showcase, you may not need to set up furniture or food, but there are still tasks that you need to complete. Will you record the event? If so, who is responsible for recording? Or who is responsible for setting up the streaming platform or letting the audience into the virtual space? Monitoring the chat if you have one. Checking audio and visuals. Then during a post event, you want to brainstorm what it would take to close out the event. After you think through each component, record who is responsible for each task and their contact number, just in case you need to get in touch with them immediately while the showcase is happening. Let me walk you through a run of show document. You can continue to use a spreadsheet. I typically have this in one spreadsheet and I have the first tab as timeline and then the second tab, the run of show document. So on the run of show document, I have it split up into three sections, pre-event, during the event, 
post-event. So if we're thinking about pre-events, using the same entrepreneurship project that I've been sharing, let's say that the showcase starts at 10. At 8 a.m., I would meet with the volunteers to make sure everyone knows their roles and duties. Who would do that? I would write my name and I'll have my contact information. Maybe at 8.30, we're going to post event signage outside of the venue. Who's doing that and their contact information? At 8.30, I might have someone set up the room. And I typically have a room layout sketch just to make it easy for the people that are setting up the room. So in that case, I would write down who's setting up the room and their contact information. So those are just a couple of examples of what might happen before the event. You might also have someone meet with students to rehearse their presentations and to review logistics for the day. During the event, you will have your agenda or activity, what's going to happen at each moment of the event. Then on your after your agenda and activity column, you're going to have who, who's doing what, and then their contact information. So for example, let's say at 10 a.m., we're going to do our welcome and opening. We're going to share this showcase purpose, agenda, and location logistics. Who's doing that and their information. Maybe shortly after that, we'll have a guest speaker share about their journey as a teen entrepreneur. I also like to put down what that person may need. So in this example, maybe they need an LCD projector, maybe they need a microphone or whatever additional things that person may need to be able to do their part. You want to put down who's in charge of getting those things and their contact information. So maybe part of the post event is breaking down the room. I may have down at one o'clock, we're going to start the room breakdown. Who's going to do that? We're going to confirm students leave with an approved adult. I may even put a note, reference the registration form. Have you ever had an event and at the end you're so exhausted and the students are leaving and you realize, wait a second, I need to make sure that they're leaving with the correct person. So you want to have that written down. It can remind you to do that and who is responsible for that. Maybe at 1.30, we're going to circle back up, meet with the volunteers to debrief the event and to give gifts. And I would write down who's leading that and then their contact information. So you want to think through all of the things for that day. So remember the timeline is what's happening leading up to that day. All the tasks I need to complete up into the showcase and your actual run and show is what's happening during that day. Who's responsible for doing it? And do I have their contact information so that if something happens, I can quickly reach them? I like to have their phone number because most people keep their phone with them all the time. And you can send a quick text message versus trying to send an email, which most people aren't checking during the middle of the day. During our pre-event meeting, I would share this with the volunteers. I would say, hey, if there's an emergency that comes up or a last minute suggestion, I will send you a text message so they know to periodically check their phone. You can also do this by setting up pre-scheduled text messages using an app such as Remind. You can have it pre-planned. So during the day, the only reason why you would contact someone via text message, if it is genuinely an emergency, now it's time to take action and plan your student's showcase. Create the planning timeline and your run to show document for your student's upcoming showcase. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you find this podcast insightful, please leave a review and subscribe so you can get notified of future episodes.